Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you as always, talking about another week of golf and uh, recapping the week that was with the U.S. Open. So I am Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84. I've got Noto Derek Farnsworth alongside as usual as well. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting tournament there, Noto. You, you and I were both uh, both live there for the 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 fifteen dollar Millie Maker on DraftKings. We had top thirty lineups at one point on Saturday, but uh, with the leaderboard being so tight, there it was a lot of uh, a lot of movement within the top five or top ten on the leaderboard, and we ended up falling just a little short. But uh, it was still a fun week of golf there at the uh, the, the Country Club last week. Yeah, no millionaire uh, winner for me, but a uh, good week overall. Had Fitzpatrick on the outright, which was nice. Uh, ended up having, you know, Rom, Fitz, and Zalatoris betting. So I was feeling pretty good after Saturday's round, and then Chef just came out firing. So I was sweating that pretty hard. Um, I thought the tournament was awesome. I thought the course was amazing. Hope they go back there soon. And, yeah, I mean, Fitz, you know, he's worked so hard adding a lot of distance to his, his game. Um I even went, you know, listened to his, uh, you know, interview afterwards, and he talked about the stack system. So I might end up uh, ordering that to get a little bit, uh, you know, more swing speed for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great seeing him win. He just hit so many good shots. Um, that one on 15 from, you know, the middle of the, the crowd, and then uh, obviously the bunker shot on 18. And just to hit 17 of 18 greens for a guy that's known for his short game. Just uh, you got to think he's a deserved winner. Although Zalatoris, man, uh, one inch away from forcing a playoff. Scheffler missed a couple short ones. So uh, I, I loved it. What about you? Yeah, it was great. Uh, 
feel a little bad for Zalatoris, I think, because uh, partly because he's been so close and uh, partly because I said back in January that he was going to win a major this year and he could very easily have three uh, wins yeah. in majors. So I uh, feel a little bummed that uh, at least that he wasn't able to force the playoff because that putt uh, 95% of the way there, uh, I thought it was in and, uh, and it just, it just slid by. So tough for him. I'm sure he'll be happy with the paycheck and, uh, and he's rolling along with a, a solid season, but, uh, major wins don't just fall at the doorstep. You know, guys like Ricky Fowler can attest to that, that, yeah, you say, Oh, they're close. They're eventually going to come. And for some guys they don't. And, uh, you, you just never know what the future is going to hold. So bummed a little bit for Zalatoris, but a really cool uh, way for that tournament to finish there on Sunday with several guys in the mix. You know, Ron was still in the mix. Rory was still in the mix. Uh, lots of big names there. As we always talk about with the U.S. Open, uh, the cream rises to the top. And, and that was certainly the case last week. And you still had your share of feel-good stories. McCarthy made a run. Uh, Hadwin played pretty well. Nick Hardy was in the mix for quite some time. So uh, Joel Damon had a really solid week. But at the end of the day, after 72 holes, when push came to shove, it was the big names that you would expect up there. So uh, kudos to, to Fitzpatrick for getting the job done after being close, admittedly, himself uh, a few weeks ago at the, the last major. So uh, it was nice to see him win and nice to see a stacked leaderboard on Sunday. Other thoughts uh, from the uh, the event there. Uh, it, it really looked like, you know, Friday morning, the plus fours were going to get through the cut line and then uh, the winds died down and it played a little easier for that afternoon wave. And you had a whole bunch of chalk like Connors and Sung JM uh, and several others that were there missing the cut by one shot that ended up swaying the six to six percentage from like 20% down to about two. So uh, it was a really interesting cut sweat there as well. Yeah, the cut sweat was something else. Uh, I think Data Golf had it like 95% uh, to be plus four, and the other 5% they had projected was for plus five. So they thought it was going the other way. Uh, so anyone in at plus four probably thought they were making the cut. Um, I think Sung Jay made a birdie on his second to last hole. He was probably feeling pretty good. So, yeah, interesting uh, to see the course get easier in the afternoon. We don't see that very often. But, um, yeah, I mean, the leaderboard was awesome. You mentioned a couple of the surprises, McCarthy, Hadwin, Dom. And it's kind of nice seeing a mix of, you know, shorter guys, longer guys, um, you know, up on the top of the leaderboard. And, I mean, the only, the only downside is the U.S. Open app. I mean, we get better it's tracking. Terrible. We get better tracking for, you know, Sanderson Farms uh, during the swing season. It's just uh, – it's so bad. You never know where your guy is. You know, you're watching on TV and then you pull it up on the app and they have the guys mixed up where they hit their shots. You have shot one and then all of a sudden it says shot five and you don't know what happened in between the, the next three shots. It's just uh, it's just a mess. So I hope they put more money into the app moving forward. But I uh, love the event that they put on. I think they got, um, you know, they didn't let the course get away from them. Everyone always, uh, you know, talks about the course. That's always a big story. But, um, you know, not this time. You know, everyone's trying to just, uh, you know, love the course, love the layout. Love that you can make birdies um, or bogeys on the same holes. I kind of like uh, you know that uh, anytime we get that kind of mix. Yeah, they they actually on the shot tracker portion of the app they had the drives mixed up on eighteen the final group they yeah. had Zalatoris in the bunker. And How does that happen? <laughs> How does that happen? There's two golf two relevant golfers left on the entire course, and some people might be using that you know as their only means to follow it. 
and they had the shots backwards on 18. Uh, just brutal in terms of, uh, of live shot tracking, uh, especially since we've gotten spoiled by the other, you know, the technology uh, for the other events, the uh, the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open uh, clearly lagging behind the Masters and, and the PGA Tour events. Um, and, the you know, who knows what the Live Tour will end up with for technology, but for their first event, they didn't even have a leaderboard on their website. So uh, come on, people. you got to get with it. And you can say, you know, you can make the excuse that it's only once a year, you know, for the U.S. Open and all that, but, uh, you know, the Masters could have used that as an excuse too. And uh, then they, you know, wowed everybody with that new design it's probably been three or four years now but uh anyway the u.s opens in the rear view mirror so you can delete the app you can delete the shoddy uh tracker you can uh worry about all that a year from now we'll uh, we'll worry about that again and hopefully it's improved by then any other storylines uh thoughts that uh that we've not gone over here yeah, a few more. Uh, you know, Patrick Cantlay, a lot of people were hating on his major record and uh, never near the top of the leaderboard at all. Uh, Maybe cut on the number and then sneaks into a top 15 to quiet his critics uh, there on Sunday. So um, that was interesting. And then, you know, you had Morikawa and Xander both shoot themselves out of it on Saturday. Xander was eight over after 10 holes on Saturday. Uh, Morikawa was just pretty bad um, the whole time. So if they would have just held on a little bit, they would have been you know more in the mix on Sunday. And then Adam Scott, I mean, is this guy just tired of being called the best-looking man uh, in the world? Uh, he On Saturday, I was watching his round. Tan shoes, tan pants, tan shirt, tan jacket. Different shades of tan. And then a tan hat. I mean, five different articles of clothing that were all tan. And it was, But it was different. Like, it was different <laughs> shades of tan. It is wasn't that, all that the same tan. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess, uh, you know, he can laugh at us, I suppose, if he wants he's, to, but uh, it was very strange. Tired of shooing away the women, I guess, so he <laughs> just dresses like his skin color. He played pretty well on Sunday, shot a couple under and moved up around uh, top 15 there himself, too. So, Oh, uh, yeah. one other thing. Did you see Cam Young on Friday? I did. So he went birdie, ace, birdie, birdie, and then missed the cut by one. <laughs> wow. Just wild. And probably, probably still outscored quite a few people yeah. that made the cut. Yeah, probably a bunch, yeah. Uh, and I didn't have any of them, so that I, I was getting a little tilted by that. Because, you know, they, I had myself a, a decent start to the week. So, um, and I didn't have, like, any of those guys at plus four. I faded Sung JM because of the ownership. I had no Cam Young. So the cut line worked in my favor. And as I mentioned, it was only 2% six of six lineups i had 13 percent six of six lineups and 40 percent five of six lineups and i uh was uh like right around break even uh, after friday so i was right around break even and i had significantly over the field five of six significantly over the field six of six i ended up losing 600 bucks for the week so the one week where it probably would have behooved me for a like 25 under type of event is the week uh, that, you know, it doesn't happen. And that's the week I get a bunch of six to six lineups. So despite having all those extra lineups uh, with six to six, I went backwards on the weekend. So that was a little 
stung a little bit. Uh, did but you, that's did you play uh, just the melee or did you do some other stuff? No, I had, yeah, I just played the melee. Um, I mean, it probably would have been around break even in the other contests too, because yeah. I didn't play Fitzpatrick. So, um, which I'm not really sure why. I was he on the bad. He might have been on the bad side of the weather. No, he draw. was on the good side. He was. Then I don't know why I didn't play him. I just didn't. Uh, and that was dumb because I've been playing him pretty much all year. So we'll chalk that L up to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, there wasn't really any reason why I axed him out other than probably trying to trim down my player pool a little bit. And uh, it didn't work and he won. But uh, that's OK. Those things happen sometimes. Have you ever had a profitable Millie maker? Without. I mean, I've never won one. So, like, no, just like a, a week where you were in the green in the Millie maker. I don't think I've had one in. Ten years or something. Maybe once, but I—I <laughs> I I mean, I can't. I can't pinpoint the time or like yeah. the specific examples. I just feel like there might have been one week where I at least had a core that was reasonably good and uh, ended up with a small profit, but it wasn't anything outrageous or anything like that. It was very tilting last week. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> you just, you know, you, you see all those six of six. You figure, well, I'm gonna kind of glide up with a few of them and. Uh, despite having won in like 14th place at one point on Saturday, uh, it it all went downhill. So you really got to peg everything to to make a make a good week out of those. But anyway, we can't, we can't all be Mr. Tolbert. <laughs> we can't all be Mr. Tolbert with his 95% fits and 95% uh, Zalatoris and 80% Denny McCarthy, and it just it all worked uh, for him and. Uh, if the forum still existed on Roto Grinders, we'd be having quite the debate about it. We'll keep it outside of this show, but uh, we can give people the backstory if they're confused on it at some point. But outside the scope of our show here tonight, uh, he won and we didn't. And uh, so we move on to a new week uh, with the Travelers Championship. And uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about the course this week? Yeah, I love this event. It's uh, TBC River Highlands in Connecticut. Uh, the course, par 70, one of the shorter courses that you're going to see on the PGA Tour. It's just under 6,900 yards. They got uh, two reachable par fives, uh, one drivable par four. And I was looking at the scorecard. Uh, I think the second hole is only like 340. So, um, you know, maybe these days uh, golfers are going to be going for that one, too. Uh, I can't remember the exact makeup of it. But um, at least have two par fives, drivable four, maybe another one. Um, it should be on the easier side of things, especially I was looking at the forecast. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of wind uh, in the area, at least the first few days. Uh, it's peat dye design, so you definitely don't need to be a bomber. The fairways are really wide, but you don't want to miss these fairways. One of the bigger penalties uh, for missing fairways on the PGA Tour uh, compared to when you hit uh, the fairway. The green regulation number is really high, and uh, these are small greens. So that just kind of tells you this is uh, somewhat of an easier course. Uh, I'm looking for guys that are really good on approach, guys that uh, are good putters, guys that uh, keep it in fairway off the tee. I don't think around the green is going to play that big of a factor just because a lot of these guys are going to be hitting greens and the scrambling success rate is pretty high here. I actually went and looked at um, every course that they played the last two years and looked at where the strokes are gained compared to each other. And strokes gained around the green here was the fourth lowest uh, of the 43. So um, I'm taking that out of my model this week. Looks like a lot of the approach shots are going to be from 125 to 175. And yeah, pretty much anyone can contend here. You don't have to have one, you know, specific skill set. Um, should be a fun week. Yeah, I was just kind of looking through the shot tracker data from last year quickly. 
just to see, you know, how some of those holes uh, played. And uh, that second hole, which is a 333-yard or 340-whatever yard par four, uh, the it, it kind of dog legs to the left a little bit, and the left side is protected by trees, so uh, it's tough to to go drive it. Now Bryson played here last year, so I kind of looked to see what he did, and even he was about 60, 70 yards short. Uh, so uh, seems like the second hole is a layup for most of them, uh, but I mean you're still only going to have about 70 or 80 yards in on that hole. Uh, if you hit a good tee shot, this is also a course that uh, tournament that featured an eight hole playoff here last year, oh. uh, won by Harris English over Kramer Hickok. So eight hole playoff no and Americans. Birdies. What's that? No birdies in that playoff. Yes. Uh, not till the eighth hole. And they, this is again, their playoff format was 18, 18, 17, 18, 17, 18, 18, like play a different Play a different hole or two, like the stock par four, you know, 450-yard holes. Just uh, play a different hole in the playoff. Play a par five or something. Um, yeah, why don't you they know? play the, the three-hole stretch that goes over the water that they got the, the drivable par I have four, no idea. Par That's... three over the water. Yeah, play 16. You only got to go back one more 16, hole to play yeah. the par three over the water. It's very strange. Like, if baseball can put a runner on second in extra innings, you can, put, you can play a different <laughs> hole in the playoff. You don't have to play some archaic format uh, that makes no sense anyways. Uh, regardless, eight-hole playoff here last year. Harris English uh, became the 23rd American winner of this tournament over the last 26 years. So uh, for whatever reason, obviously there's more American players, but uh, the the Americans tend to, to dominate this event more so than what you see with some other tournaments. Uh, eight of the last nine as well have featured – uh, winners from the U.S. for what that's worth. So, uh, otherwise, yeah, it should be a, a fun event. Better shot tracking at least uh, this week, and uh, a nice mix of you know holes that are fairly difficult and holes that are scorable. Sometimes you see that kind of 13 to 17 under range uh, for this event. So it's not the the true birdie fest um, like we'll see with uh, the tournaments coming up like the John Deere. So. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have a fun event this week. Full field. I'm sure there'll be more live talk. Answer has been the latest guy reported. Is there any, anything, any other rumors today from uh, defectors to the live tour? Uh, just some from some podcasts I listened to. Morikawa maybe, um, which would be pretty wild. Um, you know, Ricky's in the field, so I don't know what's going on with him. Um, you mentioned Answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It seems like uh, everyone's pretty much in play outside of, you know, Rory, Spieth, Scheffler. Who knows? Well, we will find out soon enough. Uh, and uh, potentially after the Tour Championship, you could get uh, some additional news on that. But answer the one that has dropped today for the most part. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, dig into the golfers. Fairly strong field assembled here uh, for the week after a major uh, so we've got quite a few of strong options in the 10K plus range. Scheffler, again, contends every week, it seems like. Uh, you've got Rory teeing it up again this week, the fourth week in a row for him, uh, which he rarely does. You've got JT, Burns, Cantley, Shoffley uh, rounding out that 10K plus tier. And uh, from our first pass at ownership, looks like it's going to be pretty spread out amongst that bunch. So who do you like from the top tier? 
Yeah, a lot of big names up here. It's hard not to uh, – or hard to just cross one out. I think Cantlay's probably my favorite. He's a guy that, again, um, if you take out the majors, he's been as good as anybody over the last year. He's finished T14 or better in 10 of his last 14 starts. I uh, talk about a guy that's good on peak diet courses. Uh, he has the best strokes game per round of anyone in the field on peak diet courses. He's never finished worse than 15th here. So I think his floor ceiling um, at this price point is better than anyone's up here. But yeah, man, Rory's been awesome. Um, he just seems to you know shoot himself out of it at the majors. And then once he's out of it, he makes those big charges. Uh, JT kind of think he's going to bounce back after a bad U.S. Open. Um, Xander, the only thing with Xander, um, he doesn't play well on P die courses for whatever reason. So, uh, he's usually my go-to guy and, you know, I played a ton of him last week. So maybe Xander's my odd man out here. Um, and then Scheffler, I'm just always below on Scheffler and I always, I always end up, uh, you know, regretting it. That's not the rule. The rule now is you just got to play him every week. No, that's your rule. And then I didn't, I didn't follow it last week, so I can't, I can't start now. Is Scheffler infield? If yes. Click button. Um, that's that's the rule until he proves this otherwise. Is yeah, he I, favorite? he's not. Um, I, I agree with you on Cantley. I mean, given the course layout, four straight top 15s here. Uh, I think with a thousand dollar savings, Cantley and then Rory with the way he's playing. I mean, yeah, he didn't win last week, but still another really solid finish. And then Scheffler, I think those would be my top three. So hard to, to tune out any of the guys here, but. Uh, Burns does grade out the the lowest in the projections and uh, kind of like your little thought process there on Xander, uh, who we also have as one of the more popular ones right now. So probably Cantlay, Rory, Scheffler, top three for me, Burns and Xander uh, as the maybe the odd two out. I like it. And uh, hey, we got some people in the chat. Bill uh, Tomas has been with us a long time. So, uh, you know, shout out to him. Finally, a week with no weather, he says. I, I, I very looking forward to that. Uh, making lineups just based on tee times is just uh, one of my least favorite things to do. And then Alex says, John Deere Classic, best tournament all year. Um, I think I might hey, disagree that's not that, my burner. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's right in your backyard. <laughs> it is. And then I'm going to be out of town. Um, I'll be here for the show uh, next week. But then I'll be out of town for the weekend. And I didn't realize it. The John Deere Classic is usually the following week. It's usually the week before the Open Championship, but they moved it up to the 4th of July weekend this week. Uh, so I, I can't go uh, because I'm going to be out of town. But uh, uh, always a, a fun tournament. So that's not my burner post in that. But, uh, yeah, if you, look, if you like minus 30 uh, and random winners and, uh, you know, golf in the middle of uh, nowhere, Illinois, the John Deere is up your alley. All right, so let's move into the uh, the 9K range. And you still, again, pretty strong range here, uh, a little deeper than what you would normally see the week after a major. Spieth, M, Neiman, Finau, Bradley, uh, Brooks, Kepka. Everyone's talking about him going to live tour, and he's teeing it up the week after a major. Not sure what's up there. Uh, we got Fleetwood in here as well. So uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of good, a lot of good names in the range. Um, I won't be playing any Brooks. That's for sure. Pretty bad week. Uh, last week, he's typically a guy I don't play non-majors anyway. So he's a guy I can cross off. Um, Spieth, if you just played him the week after the majors, uh, he's been you know really good. He won and he finished seventh so far. So he's won this event. I don't mind going back to Spieth. Um, Sung Jay was kind of on the wrong end of the weather. Neiman, I really like Neiman. Um, struggled a bit on the weekend, but he's a guy that plays well on Pete Dye courses, very good on par 70s as well. 
Um, and then I also did a split just on TBC courses, and he rated out pretty well on that too. So uh, I like Neiman probably the best, but Keegan in the Northeast, uh, it's been a real um, narrative over the years. He's played well at TBC Boston, played well last week. Um, and he's uh, he's got that tee to green game that you're kind of looking for here. So if he can putt well, um, which is a big if, I think he missed. Uh, I think he had like nine putts in the first three holes on Sunday, uh, which was pretty That's ugly. That's not great. But, uh, yeah, he had two lip outs for birdie and then missed both the comebackers. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I think I like Neiman the most. But, I mean, Finau with the bounce back is interesting. Anytime you get him off of Bermuda, I like him. Tommy Fleetwood with the bounce back. These are just all guys that missed the cut that were popular last week. So I think it's a great uh, range to kind of get overweight on some of them. Uh, Varner as well. He missed the cut too, right? Yeah, he did. And uh, I don't know. His, somebody said he had tonsillitis last week, so maybe that had something to do with it. Um, oh, and speaking of, man, but we had all these guys that were, you know, questionable heading into to teen it up at the U.S. Open and then answer withdraws. Had him in one of my bigger lineups. Uh, just and it was like two minutes before lock or something, so I didn't. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like two minutes before. Um, thankfully, I dodged that one. I've been on the wrong side of a lot of those this year, uh, especially at the Masters. So yeah, dodging that one when everyone was concerned about Spieth. Obviously, uh, everyone was concerned about Varner, uh, though that one wasn't publicized quite as much. And then uh, Cantlay had some issues. Yeah, yeah, he had some issues. I mean, all the Ricky Fowler fans were uh, were just waiting for somebody else. <laughs> to withdraw after answer did and uh, there wasn't anybody else so um tough breaks for sure uh, if you had answer last week uh, this range is it, tough i mean it, it because a lot of these guys if you play the recency bias game um none of them really outside of keegan uh played great last week everyone else you know missed a cut or finished around 50th or, or something like that um and you just, you know, you wonder, well, a week after a major, hey, at least those guys didn't have to play all four rounds. So um, I am okay with sprinkling them in. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot separating them. So a personal bias will come into play with a lot of it. But uh, I think Bradley in the Northeast, I'll, I'll buy that narrative a little bit. Uh, Finau, I'm still okay with where his game is at. Uh, he was on the wrong side of the weather draw last week, which ended up being about a stroke and a half. I think the first two rounds, uh, if you were on the wrong side of the draw. So he missed the cut by two. Uh, I'm okay with him. Uh, Sung Jay missed the cut on the number, obviously. So uh, those guys I I'll sprinkle in, but I do think, and I agree with Bill in the chat saying it sets up as a stars and scrubs week. I do think that's the case uh, mainly just because I, I do think that the 10 K plays, you know, for an extra six or 700 bucks, I do like them a little bit better. So uh, any other thoughts on that 9K range? Otherwise, you can uh, you can start moving down into the 8Ks if you like. Uh, I do like Varner a little bit. I thought he'd be more popular, but maybe the miscut is kind of throwing people off. He's had a lot of good, uh, you know, really hot weeks with the irons, and his putting's been better. So I like him as, uh, you know, kind of a low on play. And then Seamus Power has been playing great. doesn't seem like anybody wants to play him. He's coming off of a strong week as well. Uh, T's well uh, at the U.S. Open, so – Two of the lower owned guys that I like. Moving into the 8Ks, uh, you know I'm playing Brian Harmon. He did break my heart last week. I had a big bet on his top 40, and he bogeyed his last two holes to finish uh, T43. So uh, Harmon owes me this week. Clearly, he's going to make it right. Um, he wouldn't do me like that two weeks in a row. Um, this, is, this is more of his type of course. Um, he's got three top 10s here in the last four years. 
Uh, you have uh, two guys that always garner ownership in Mito and uh, Davis Riley. This is a course where, you know, course history does matter. Um, it's one of the more predictive on the PGA Tour. So it doesn't mean these guys can't come out and play well. But um, if they're both going to be really popular, I'll probably be underweight on them in my MME builds. Uh, I like Leishman. He played well last week, finally, uh, after a really bad stretch for the last few months. And then uh, my favorite play is all the way at the bottom. Oh, he's actually in the seven, so I'll save him uh, for the next range. Yeah, decent plays in here. I mean, you get a little bit of savings from the 9Ks. Um, I, I do like the bounce back for Mito, and it'll be interesting to see where his ownership trends, but uh, he grades out well in the projections, and at 8,700, I'm fine with him. Uh, and just some you know, steady guys that uh, either you get a mix of guys who have played well uh, over the last, like Leishman, McCarthy played well last week, uh, or you know maybe that uh, that struggled but but still have some potential uh, like a, a Harmon or um, you know Jason Kokrak something like that those guys I think you can absolutely mix in your tournament builds but um, I, I'm in on Mito and, and Aaron Wise over Riley if you're trying to decide between the guys at the top uh, just uh, like what I'm seeing from those guys and they project uh, much better in our projections at Roto Grinders, Amito and, and Wise over Riley. And Riley, we've got with the highest ownership right now of the trios. So, uh, all right, your thoughts on the upper end of the 7K range? I guess you'd have a play that's fairly close to the, the 8K mark there. Yeah, my uh, my favorite play is Brendan Todd at 7,900. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be too popular, 11%. I don't mind that. So, we finished third at Colonial, backed it up with uh, T13 in Canada. And throughout his career, he's been known for fairways and putting. Uh, but if you look at his uh, game lock, he's gained on approach in five of his last six. Uh, if you look at any sort of time frame, uh, when it comes to approach, he's uh, you know was below average over the last 18 months, uh, right around average over the last six months, and then really good over the last three months. So I think the irons are trending. Um, he's always good on these shorter par 70s. He's finished top 30 here each of the last two years. And yeah, I really like him. He's 100 to one right now on DraftKings. If you want to, you know, take a sprinkle there, um, I'm probably going to be betting him. I think Steele's interesting. He's gained 40 strokes ball striking his last six events. Um, that's what he was always known for. And then for the last couple of years, he just hasn't been that good of a ball striker. But that seems to be back. So I like Brendan Steele. Sebez, uh, anytime we get him on a shorter course, I think he makes a lot of sense, even though this is his first time at this event. And then uh, I'll go back to see Woo Kim kind of play into that uh, Pete Dye narrative. You know, he's won, you know, he won the Amex, he won the the players, both Pete Dye designs. So I think that makes some sense. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because of his kind of ups and downs, um, how many people go there this week. And the ownership will start to spread out once you get past. I think McNeely will be pretty popular at 7,700 steel, who you mentioned. Uh, once you get past that group, though, it'll spread out a little bit. Uh, KH Lee's been playing decent. I, I think he's a, a, a solid enough option at 7,600. Uh, it'll, will, will people go back to the Tringali train now? He played pretty well last week, too. He was one of them that I didn't really mention off the top. But, you know, his form has slowly come around a little bit. So is it time to – like, Tringali was oddly expensive for the longest time, and now here he is at – what, 7,400? Uh, interesting to see if people go there, too. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been playing this guy every week, all year. Didn't play any last week. I was like, well, if he can't contend at these, uh, you know, easy courses. But I, I have always said he plays the harder courses better, so I should have probably just played him again. Um, he rates out as the third best point-per-dollar option in my model, but the course history is pretty bad. He's so up and down. He's one of those guys that um, if he's going to be popular, I'll just uh, I'll go the other way. Um, I'll go to Jonathan Vegas right there. He's been really good on P-Dye courses. His course history has been up and down. Um, but if you look at his numbers from uh, the last event, uh, the Canadian Open, he gained like 11 strokes ball striking, lost it all with the putter. Um, so I'm, I'm okay going back to him instead of uh, Tringali. Yeah, I, right now we've got Tringali at about 10% ownership. If he stays in that range, I, I'll probably still take a sprinkle or two. Um, but uh, you can always get some pivots in this range. Uh, Streelman is a guy I like a little bit. Not having the best of seasons, uh, but his putter has been uncharacteristically bad of late. Um, and he's got a pretty solid history here. Missed the cut last year, but otherwise had four straight top 35s at this event. So Streelman, I don't mind uh, at 7,200. You know, Nick Hardy's a guy we've always kind of pumped up. Played really well last week. Maybe that gets him going. Uh, and you're talking, you know, one, two, three percent ownership on some of these guys in the lower part of the 7K range. Hardy, Streelman. Um, Charles Howell, I mean, guys like that, wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of those guys pops up the leaderboard. Anything else above 7K that you're interested in that we've missed? I mean, one of the more surprising stats that I found this week, Charles Howell's never played this event. I mean, Really? Guy, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I figure it's a decent course fit for him. He's coming off of a good finish. Uh, maybe he's just adding it because uh, they have to add a new event every year or whatever for their, for their tour card. But, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, other guys I like, Lonto Griffin at 7,100. My model always seems to love him, uh, but he's three for three here. And uh, he's just played some tough tracks recently, um, and it's all been around the green. He struggles around the green, can't chip, uh, but he shouldn't have to need to too much this week. So I like him at 7,100. I like the Strillman call. Um, he plays well here. And then I also go to CT Pan a little bit. Fairways and Green's kind of been uh, you know, his calling card over the years. Yeah, Pan, I don't mind. Uh, solid options here at the bottom part of this range that it, if you're trying to make that Stars and Scrubs lineup work, you know, you can get, say, two or three guys here in the lower part of the 7K range, uh, and that'll still allow you to fit, say, maybe Cantlay and, um, Cantlay and Rory or something like that. If you want to get two studs at the top, you can make it work. You have to forego, you know, the 9Ks and the uh, for sure, the upper part of the 8Ks, but uh, you find a few options you like down here. Um, the chat's going to try to bait me into saying Doug Gim, but I uh, don't think I'm going to go there this week. I uh, like the Griffin call, and, and we've thrown out a few others. Uh, Ricky Fowler is going to be in the 6Ks soon. He's 7K. He's on life support there. Didn't get into the U.S. Open. Yeah, the narrative, uh, maybe he's going to come motivated to play here in Connecticut, but uh, we got him at 4% right now. It, it, yeah. Is the Ricky Fowler stand? Is it still going? I was gonna say, if you had to play one, uh, Jason Day at eighty-one or Ricky at seven thousand. Fowler, I'll take Fowler. Okay, seven thousand. Okay, Day's got the history here. Uh, he's also eleven hundred more. <laughs> it was. I'll take the eleven hundred savings with broken Fowler over broken Day. We'll, uh... Oh my gosh, Day's eighty to one. I might have to bet him. Throw more. Throw more money away. What's his odds? Eighty to one. Eighty to one. Top 10 here, three of the last four, top 12 here. I've on worse things. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. Um, 
All right, we head into the uh, punt range here in the 6Ks. Uh, this is where the field does weaken out quite a bit, uh, but a few names that maybe stood out to me. Uh, Smotherman's been playing some pretty good golf. Uh, you can always get me on board with Adam Svensson, uh, who we talk about quite a bit on the show, and he played pretty well with a top 30 in Canada at the Canadian Open a few weeks back. So Smotherman, uh, Svensson can always potentially talk me into some Russell Knox on a course like this. Um, Lipsky was massive chalk a couple weeks ago, and then he missed the cut by bogeying his last two holes, and yeah. now nobody's going to play him. So uh, classic potential bounce back spot there with him not being as popular after that brutal miscut a couple weeks back. Uh, those are a few of my favorites. Uh, who are you looking at in the 6K range? Yeah, Lipsky's getting some love from Bill in the chat, so uh, I don't mind going back there. I did have him, uh, I think, as a core play that week, so that was uh, that one hurt. That was a rough finish. Cut. That was a rough finish. Uh, our Discord was going crazy about that one. Um, <laughs> and, and then he almost sunk like a 50-footer. I think he was two inches short. Anyway, um, not that I'm bitter or anything. <laughs> Uh, we had a question about Giddy Up for Goddard Up. Um, played great last week. Any interest there? He's more of a bomber, but um... I actually played. Uh, I played him. I believe fifteen percent uh, last week, and he was zero point two nine percent owned in the Millie Maker. And uh, that was the week after. You know, he kind of gained steam as the chalk du jour. Uh, I don't hate that play as a punt. He's obviously talented, and he could have finished better last week. He missed a lot of putts too. Yeah, I like that. Um, I do like your Smotherman call. He's like dead last around the green on tour. So uh, if my thought process is right that you don't have to scramble that much around here, I think that's a big boost for him. Uh, I like Hake Lebiota. This is kind of the middle of his run where he just went on that crazy stretch last year where he's finishing top 10 and everything. Um, he's got a his fairways, pretty good putter on Bent and Poa, three for three here at 6,500. Uh, so I like Hank and then Charlie Hoffman. Finally made the cut. T35 is last time out. Great course history. If you're looking at ball strikers, um, the long term, I think Hoffman's at least a little interesting. Uh, it, hmm. Two names that I didn't expect to be on the top of the list this week, but I like the, the – I don't mind taking some bold, you know, low-end plays this week. I, you are going to get some upside from somebody down here. And if you're looking in the 6Ks, like there's more options than what we saw last week. So uh, we mentioned Sigatara, Lebiota, Hoffman. Um, I don't think Adam Schenk is the worst play. Svensson, uh, Smotherman, Lipsky. That's like eight right there, which is probably more sub 7K plays than we've mentioned in quite some time in an individual event. So uh, you can get maybe a play or two to round out your lineups for your GPP lineups. Maybe you want to round out your stars and scrubs lineups down in this range. Yeah. I'm I don't know what made me think of it, but did you see Grayson Murray finish minus two clubs on Sunday? I saw the putter throw. Here comes the putter throw. Uh, man, he got some distance on that. What other club did he get rid of? Uh, he he uh, snapped an iron or a wedge over his knee. Uh, a couple he shot he, he made like a quad and a triple in a four hole span and that's where the two clubs got axed the putter got chucked happy gilmore style and the uh the, the wedge or i or, or might have been a long iron was busted over the kneecap so it's <laughs> not good. the most stable forget. fella out there <laughs> never forget when siwu broke his at the master and then was putting with his three wood um <laughs> just standing like eight feet away from the ball 
kind of funny. A uh, couple questions: Jim Herman, Brandon Wu, any uh, any interest in those guys? As uh, didn't pop my radar this week, though. We've had we've seen Wu post a random round or two here and here and there, um, but probably not in my player pool. Just since we have so many other options down there. Yeah, we got both the Wu's in the field this week, uh, Brandon and Dylan. So one of them played on the Outlaw Tour. I get him mixed up. Speaking of, Dafu played on the Outlaw Tour, and he uh, he played pretty good last he week. He had a solid week. Played well on Sunday, too, after he, Saturday kind of took him out of the mix. But uh, um, he finished pretty well on Sunday. I got to see. And he's done that. I mean, he's Monday qualified for so many events, and then you see him up there on the leaderboard. Like, he's not a terrible golfer. Oh, my uh, gosh. For sure. How and did then, I bury the lead? Did you see who won the Corn Ferry Tour event? Oh, yeah. I posted it in our oh, Slack channel last goodness. night. So, um, Norman Zhang won the Corn Ferry Tour event after Monday qualifying for the event. Had the Monday qualify for the event, and then I think he made like double or triple on the last hole and still won by what four shots? Yeah, he won um, by five. So, five, yeah. So, he was up seven, I think, and then he hit his tee shot OB on the last hole and then double bogeyed and still won by five. So, so what, is, what does this get him? Does he get to stay on the KFT? Uh, yes, yeah, because they said that he's not gonna have to Monday qualify. Um, so maybe the path is there for him to, to finally start fulfilling that promise. So good uh, story for all the panda lovers uh, out there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Defu finished 31st. He shot one under 67, 72, 78, 69. So uh, would have been in there in the top 10 mix if not for that Saturday round. Kind of like uh, Morikawa, 69, 66, 77, 66. So uh, one bad round can take you out of contention real quick. Yeah. Uh, anybody else uh, that we've missed? Uh, no, but I, I, think, I do think I'm going to go with the 6K golfer in my main lineup for the first time in you know last couple months. It's just been such balanced bills look better, but I think this is the, the Stars and Scrubs week. All right. I kind of agree. Definitely worth mix and matching some of those 6K golfers uh, in your GPP pools for sure. We'll see who Noto ends up landing on for his uh, main lineup. And uh, you can, of course, if you're a premium subscriber over at Rotor Grinders, you can check out our premium content, all our lineup HQ tools. And if you're interested in sports betting stuff, we got you covered there over at scoresandodds.com for all things sports betting. Please be sure to give the thumbs up to the video on the YouTube before you leave. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Helps out the algorithms and uh, and keep us top of mind. So thanks, as always, for watching. Good luck with the golf this week. John Deere Classic next week. Always fun to uh, to talk about the weak field for that event uh, that I only love simply because it's, uh, it's only about a half an hour for me. And we don't get too many golf tournaments out here in, in Illinois. So we'll be back next week to talk about the John Deere Classic. Until then... Good luck with the Travelers Championship. Thanks to Steve for producing behind the scenes for us. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin, and we will catch you later, everybody.